0: Get out the way. Who got a watch? Who got the time I'm raising the clock? Even in my feelings, grind don't stop. Yes, yes. Well, today we have Felicity Nicole. She is the owner, editor-in-chief of She Is You, which I love the title, and we'll talk more about that. Um, so please introduce yourself to us.
1: Oh. Okay, so I'm like we were talking before the show, like a one, 111 woman army we are. Um yeah, I've got the brand She is You. I'm a mother, a wife, blended family. I'm an author, I recently published my memoir um Pieces of Me and which is really fun to speak about. But uh most importantly, I'm dedicated to this community, this She is You. That's kind of like just transpired and has grown over the past six years and it's finally where I wanted it to be where we are finally going into print publication and we will be today's midlife woman's magazine
0: mm and we we need that but that's yeah. why I love it that's why I love it I think you know people tried to do that a few years back maybe 10 plus years or so but I don't think people were ready for it now with our generation, people are ready for that. You know, they're ready to we talk about midlife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, so, the... <laughs> so you are the editor-in-chief of She Is You magazine. Tell us, you mentioned a little bit about it, but if you could just give us a little more background on it or how you even came up with it.
1: Oh yeah, the funny thing is, um, I had queried my memoir right before COVID, and I heard a no, which means I had a chance. You know, they're like, we're we're not saying no, but nobody knows who you are. And memoirs are hard to, to, you know, sell. So I asked my husband, can I finally retire? I spent 22 years in the veterinary industry. I'm like, can I finally retire and build this online presence? And he's like, yes, go ahead, do it. And so I'm a brainstormer on journals. I do all my brainstorming on journals and I keep them all. And so I started going through my journals and I'm like, well, I think I'm going to name it She Is You. And he's like, well, that's a a good idea, but why don't you just keep thinking? So I pull out some journals and I'm flipping through and I'm looking at notes from 2013, 2014, 2012. And somewhere in that few years span, I come across a bubble with She Is You and i'm like okay spirit thank you for the confirmation done yes so we are a brand it's a health and wellness brand we focus in on midlife women that are seeking reinvention and healing in a community environment like that atmosphere that that safe space where we can grow a tribe of women you know, and it doesn't mean it uh, ha- has to necessarily be that deep, deep healing. It could just be any sort of season that we're transitioning into. Because as women, as midlife, we entered many different seasons. Yes, from yep. our kids. Yeah, I'm in a teenage year season. And soon it's going to be the college season where I'll be that empty nester. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And then grandma season.
1: I can't wait for that. So... Uh-
0: So with She Is You, you mentioned community. So, right, it's not just going to be a publication. It's also a community where women can come and get what kinds of information and what kind of camaraderie.
1: Yes, exactly. Great question. So we will have, uh, we have a membership. So with that membership, there's the digital version of the magazine that's complimentary, plus a plethora. I mean, there's like, there's, There's just a ton of resources that are just given for free. And we do once a month group coaching and once a month, just like, I don't want to say coffee hour, but just connection and the connection talks can go anywhere and they transform. And I love that we embrace the diversity of one another because I'm really, to me, that's the most important thing because, uh, you know, women, regardless of your status, we all have the same problem. Yeah, It's just wrapped up in a different package. And what one woman could bring to the table, another woman could, might have, you know, a solution for that or embrace the space for her to just be open and honest and authentic and vulnerable. And that's why I'm like, we're safe women for one another. And in Chicago, which is where I'm located, we do in-person events. So the next mm-hmm. in-person event I think we're looking into early next year is going to be um, like a beautification day, a glow up day where one of the local salons and I are going to partner up. And um, the women just have to wear a white t-shirt, pair of jeans. We'll do hair, makeup, and a photographer. And that's a way, I mean, we all want a beautiful picture of ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why not? So things like that. So that's, and I think it's, I just loved you know, I've got some women that are in their mid sixties and I'm just loving the growth that I'm seeing in these women in the mid sixties that are recognizing Yeah. Just the generational trauma or whatever is going on in their world. Yeah. It's it's just an interesting growing
0: community. And with your community you have all types of people. So as far when I say that, I mean whether you might be coming some people might be transforming because like you said, maybe they'll be coming be empty nesters. Do you have also sometimes midlife can be a time of grief too. You might lose a parent, lose a spouse, you might divorce, things like that. So is there that component, that piece within the community too?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yes. That is one of the most important
0: in, in an article I read um, where you were mentioned, you you created a movement, and it's with you becoming a midlife warrior. So can you talk a little bit more about what is a midlife warrior? That's me. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I want to be a midlife warrior, want, too.
1: Yes, let's join the movement. Come on. I love how we came up with this, we were in a brainstorming session. Um, And I'm like, okay, so it's a sisterhood. I get that philosophy. We're a sisterhood. It's a tribe of women. We're midlife warriors. And I I get the chills when I think about it. Because like that Joan of Arc energy comes up. Because as women, we have such strength at our core. And even though that we go through all those different aspects of life that can be so detrimental, and you think that you can't get past it, I might cry here. We do. We push ourselves through it. And the pain and the suffering, and we get to that point to where you're ready to release it. And then that's where the growth and the blossoming comes in. And that's where we are. And that's where the midlife warrior comes into. And I, oh, it's just... (laughs) it's just a beautiful because it's not necessarily like we we are still in battle because we want to be silent warriors. We want to connect to our higher self and push through those challenging times. And it's a
0: different kind of battle too. You know, it's the battle like midlife. You don't know midlife until you get there. You know what I'm saying? You don't really even really think about it and how it's gonna affect you until you're actually in it. So yeah, it's a battle being in it and having that kind of support is a wonderful thing, an absolutely wonderful thing. And I appreciate what you're doing for all of us who are in midlife. Um, You focus on us women, of course, but how are you, what's your assessment of how society sees women in midlife. And is it changing, do you think?
1: Yes, I'm seeing it changing. Um, And let's just take it superficial changing. Um, The style, our clothing style has changed over the past year and a half, two years. We're wearing combat boots. Yes, um, we're going more, you know, heels aren't necessarily the heels getting wider. Let's just go just with the fashion. So the fashion has kind of changed, which I noticed is pulling away from that patriarchal, like you have to wear a skirt and heels, which is very pretty, mm-hmm. but that isn't necessarily, you know, um, conducive for the everyday lifestyle. So um, we have that aspect. I think, um, in my personal opinion, I think we put a lot of pressure on women in, in, yes, society, because we're still kind of in that patriarchal part where we have to look a certain way. We have to be a certain way. I think I love seeing these midlife influencers who have these rocking bodies at like 56 and 60, but the realistic aspect of it is, is I can't hit the gym every day. And, yes. and you know what I mean? I yep. think that puts a lot of pressure on the woman yep. that's focused so much on her family and her grandkids. It's just unrealistic. Yeah. It's and, great for them, but not for me. Or it is.
0: And, other and the body changes oh, at that time too, around that time. So sometimes it's that added pressure of the pressure, you know what I mean? So you want to look a certain way. I mean, like you said, I think it's great. I'm motivated enough to want to do that, but not always motivated to actually do it. So, you know, yeah. Wow. Um, One of your missions is to help women reclaim their identity. Can you explain a little bit about that and how or why do we lose our identity towards midlife? Yes,
1: I was just watching a podcast on this. Um, I think what happens mostly is that we fall into that trap of getting married and we come, I'm a Gen Xer, so I was taught that we do it all okay, so you're a Gen Xer. We do it all. Yeah. We do the corporate world. And I i wasn't corporate, corporate, like some women were, but we do the corporate world. We have the kids, we have the family. Yet the man's role doesn't necessarily change because he's coming, he's bringing the check home and he's sitting on the sofa or he's pitching in. I don't know. Each relationship's different, but we have yeah. just overextended ourselves to the point to where we hit that certain point about 47 to 50. And we're like, what the hell has happened? I have no idea who I am. I don't know my spouse. There's a total disconnection. Then you throw in kids in, in the mixture, and now you throw in sports. The travel industry is a nightmare. I don't know how, i'm I'm hearing these parents. My son does travel baseball, and I have one kid, but these parents have multiple children, and there's no time for the spouse. Mm-hmm. They're in different directions for a good twelve, fourteen weeks. And that's not fair for their relationship. No. So what we do is we just, we tap into putting ourselves first, meaning everybody at that point, hopefully your children or your spouse, everybody's willing to pitch in and you just need to formulate a plan. It's a family plan because Mm -hmm. mama needs to put herself first. She needs a break. Whether it's just sitting in her bedroom for 30 minutes and journaling or re- recollecting herself or um, spending a little extra time in the mirror to put some makeup on, a little extra time in the shower. You know, by now, our kids are pretty much grown where yep. they can make a bowl of cereal or throw some toaster waffles, whatever it is. I mean, my son resists it still, but I'm like, you're almost 16. You can make yourself <laughs> breakfast. You can make it yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Well, that's a good message, though. And I think I think more people are into that now, this taking care of yourself first, because if you don't, you it's going to be hard to take care of anyone else. You know, if your energy is depleted and everything you've got is gone. So, yeah, that's a good message. Um, you mentioned it a little bit. But again, can you reiterate why it's so important to put time into ourselves the older we get?
1: We have to learn to love ourselves, to fall in love with ourselves. I think once we can learn to fall in love with ourselves, we enter that season of the wise wisdom, sage, woman, and whatever you want to call it, mystical but we can tap into a whole new identity and uh, outlook on life as we age progress. And that's why I, I preach that a lot is just, I think we need to learn to fall in love with ourselves, especially if we're going through a separation, a divorce, a widow, you know, that grief stage. I'm not a big fan of jumping on the horse again and finding a relationship. I'm more or less focus in on, Um, healing what needs to be healed and recognizing who you are, what your values are, and what you love about yourself. I think once we can wrap our heads around that and comfort ourselves that way and be okay in our skin that way, then we can go out and figure
0: out what the next step is in life. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk some more about She Is You. Because again... I love that title. What can we expect? You were talking about the community earlier, but when will the actual publication be coming out and what will it have in What kind of sections, what should people expect, um, the type of information they should expect to be getting from the magazine?
1: Yeah. So we are expecting an end of October. So it's going to be a fall winter publication and a spring summer. So expect spring sometime in March and We focus in on spirituality, health and wellness, relationship. There's finance because we need, we got to retire. We've seen our 401ks tank. (laughs) We're switching over to a new currency, it sounds like. So, you know, we talk about that, you know, and I love the spirituality aspect of it too, because I really think, We, If we can build a strong spiritual foundation, we can transition a lot smoother into whatever we're entering. And
0: Mm.
1: of course, we've got to do some food. So I've paired up with an awesome chef that I've met, and she's going to give us, because I'm a foodie, some really good recipes. And we'll throw some lifestyle in there. I'm a designer at heart. I've got an interior design degree you know, we'll throw some design in there. So what my girlfriends are calling it is like a chic vote. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, because they've, they've, they've got some rough drafts in their hands. We're like, this is a chic vote. I like my clothes too. So there's like some Brunello Puccinelli in there. There's some Ralph Lauren in there. Um mm-hmm. Yes. And But the the in-depth articles would be centered all around, you know, how to maintain fitness and muscle um, when you're in your 50s. Because when you enter menopause, what happens? We lose muscle mass quite quickly and it's hard Mm -hmm. to keep on Um, dating in midlife. What to expect. It's a whole different world out there. Yes.
0: Yeah. Wow, and I was just talking to a dating expert and it is really a completely different world out there. With, you know, especially if you've been married for quite a while and then you all of a sudden have to be thrown into the game, I'm sure it could be crazy. So what kind of advice do you are you offering? Is it going to be like especially with something like dating, can they expect that each issue which I think is very important? <laughs> That's
1: why I'm asking. Uh, yes, I do. Um, we talk about it a lot. Um, so, for instance, I just threw something out to my PR firm yesterday for the uh, booked for a TV show next week, and it is it's like midlife and dating. So, and advice, and I want to keep it positive and and empowering. But some of the realistic things that are a drawback is, and I'm sure that the dating expert mentioned it is, we've gone into this superficial swipe. Yep. And I'm yep. like, what is that about? They, you know, whatever happened to, do you want to go out? Or you meet somebody and, you know, old school matches. I mean, yep. yeah, I take that over this the dating apps. And then I live in a culture in my area where, oh, the men are seeking younger women. So there's this, yes. Mm-hmm. What is that about?
0: Yes. I I think that's interesting too. I want to have that topic one day because maybe I understand that from maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago when men were doing that. But now women are so energetic, fantastic, doing their own thing. I don't know that men have really caught up to that yet. And it might be a, a way of thinking. Oh, I'm getting, I'm midlife. So I need this. I don't know. I have no idea, but it would be an interesting conversation to have. It would be, you you would need to have a couple
1: men involved in that. You you have to, and then you've got the unhealed man, the unhealed woman. So I talk about, um, I think they call it cuffing season. When we're going into winter, it's like, Oh, we got to have somebody to kind of keep us warm and comfortable during the winter. And I'm Not a fan for that, because I consider winter a season of going within and doing some inner shadow work to prepare to enjoy your spring, enjoy your summer and come out with a a renewed, refreshed yourself. And, you know, so I'm not and then let's have fun. Keep it lighthearted with no expectations. You go in with no expectations. Feelings will not be hurt but have a firm boundary and have firm values and expectations of what you want in your significant other. So the values of being transparent, trustworthy, integrity, honest. So, and don't bend on those.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. Um, So you're an international bestselling author yeah. um, and your book is called Pieces of Me. Let's talk about, tell us about it.
1: Yeah, let's, I think she's right here. So I am woo-hoo, I am a childhood trauma domestic violence survivor. I witnessed uh, my father at the age of 10 try to kill my mother. And right. um, from there, he disappeared. And there was, there's a total of four of us, but my sister's 11 years older. Um, so there was really three of us at that time. Um, God bless my mother. She just shut down emotionally. And we just had to figure out life on our own. So the story is really about self-discovery and resiliency and strength. I grew up in a highly dysfunctional, toxic family. Um, We weren't taught how to handle our emotions properly. And we all just learned how to survive and cope in different ways. Yes. And I bring everybody on the journey of the little girl, which is nicknamed Wheezy little wheezy going through life just after circumstance after circumstance. And so, you know, she's abused through childhood up to being groomed into the hands of her first husband, which is a hardcore alcoholic. And mm. yeah, so it was like my repeating my mom's pattern. I speak a lot about that, how we can repeat patterns in life. Speak a lot about generational trauma and breaking those patterns. And then I speak about, um, you know, just the rebuilding part, the transformation and the importance of that. And then becoming the person that you were meant to be and not groomed into being. Because I think that's two different things. I think all families have systems. I think they can run very healthy and supportive and encouraging. And I also think that they can run very toxic and closed minded and. Mine so happened to be toxic and closed minded I love my family. My parents have both passed away in 2013. I miss them, I love them. I love my siblings, but I've had to go no contact in order to fully become who I am today. Um,
0: yeah. Well, let me ask you, as someone who's gone through childhood trauma like that, I mean, I think it's different nowadays. A lot of people from our generation there was that kind of different types of trauma that you went through as a kid and you just kind of sucked it up <laughs> type thing. And, um, and I'm, I'm sh- some were more severe, but what would you say to someone who did go through some kind of childhood trauma or has gone through childhood trauma and they're still trying to pull out of it and make that transformation? What's one key piece of advice that you'd have? Um, take it slow. Mm-hmm. take it
1: slow and make sure that you are in a safe space because it's it's hard it's it's very it's very challenging to peel those layers back um i had a good team i had many modalities to be honest with you i worked with i worked with a um, therapist i worked with shamans i worked with a chiropractor i worked with an acupuncturist an herbalist because uh we store trauma you know in our body in our bones, you know, so it's not just releasing the emotional part, but the physical too. Um, yeah. So it's, you have to be ready for it too. So you have to really want to do the work. And I will tell you, there are many women that I have worked with that have reached a certain point and they can't do it. So I wish them all the best.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, um. So going through your own journey of healing, self-discovery, and rejuvenation, share a little bit about that journey and why you think so many women, we talked a little bit about it, reach midlife and something clicks and they know that a change has to happen. So just kind of share a little bit about your journey and then why you think that happens.
1: Um. My journey began with, I knew I was meant for something more. So mine started in my 30s. So I just knew I had to get out of this marriage or I was going to wind up dead. And that I was knew I, knew I was meant for something more. So once I packed up and got out, it was like a mile, 10,000 miles a minute. So I knew I wanted all of this. I had pre-planned. I'm a huge manifester. Uh, it was just a matter of going through the steps. And so I knew my end and I worked backwards and I was a little impatient, but I think the important part is it would become a better version of ourselves. And when we can get to that healed version of ourselves on whichever level, because everybody's got different levels of it. And especially our generation, our parents were rough. Yeah. So, yes. It was, you know, Back of the head, slap, knock it off, cry it out. You know, just it's <laughs> yeah. just the reality of it. And we raised ourselves. I mean, we could go out and go back when the sun was down. And you know, it was just crazy. Um, but when we can get to that better version, that healed version of ourselves, we become better parents, better wives, better partners, better coworkers, better friends. And I think that's where we start to pivot in our midlife. It's like we're desiring something else. A lot of women have left since COVID their um, corporate job and started building their own business, yeah. like you. Yeah, left or leaving corporate America. They're not going back to the office. They're building their dream career. Yeah, and yeah. So
0: it's beautiful. Well, you just mentioned relationships because we did touch on dating, but at this point in our lives too. Can you talk a little bit about relationships in your forties and fifties and transforming those in those two, whether it's with a spouse, friends, family, because a lot of times we just consider relationships with a significant other or partner, but those relationships with friends and family they can need work as well
1: and I think it's about four so my early forties I didn't really necessarily do the deep deep work but i think my light bulb and just relationships in general kind of popped on about 45 and that's when i was like whoa i've got some toxic patterns here. and it's just not with my immediate family it's with my friends too i kind of have the tendency to disappear and not follow up mm-hmm. i have a tendency to not consider how they're doing. You know, I get wrapped up in my head. So I really had to make that conscious effort to pick up the phone or send a text message because, you know, they would do that to me. Like, where are you? How are you? Are you dead? Or are you live? And so that was a humbling experience. Thank God I had some really good friends that were gentle about it. Um I had a couple girlfriends that were like, okay, come on. You know, it's both ways here. So I think it's just about showing up, like I said earlier, as a better version, just showing up in a a healthier, more loving, compassionate person. And I think if we could do that, we can hold space for one another and we can listen without trying to fix another person's problem. You know?
0: Yeah. So... You work with, uh, we've established women in midlife, um, becoming the women they desire. Can you give us tips, three tips maybe on how to start that process?
1: Yes. Um, tap into meditation. If you aren't already having an idea of what you're desiring, I would highly recommend tapping into meditation and journaling and kind of pulling out. What she's craving, because she your, is your higher self. When we can connect to our higher self, she, the, the, the road is there, it's all mapped out. Once you find out what you want to change in your life, whether it's physical, mental, um, you don't necessarily want to say a divorce, but maybe a divorce or a relationship change, or just learning to love yourself more, then you start doing the work. You map out your plan. A, B, C, D, and you just start working backwards. We are I very love, resourceful.
0: I love how you say, make the plan and work backwards. I mean, a lot of times people say, you know, just make a plan or put up a board and uh, you know, one of those, what do you call those again? Aspirations, but you boards. know, yeah, yeah it's vision, vision board. boards, just do this, just do that. But then what happens after you do that?
1: Right? <laughs> like people are just like, okay, I'm staring at it. I'm like, okay. Trust me. If God could just like, oh my God, I think we would all be like poofing our fingers. Like we want exactly. That's not how it works. And I'm a Christian, so I say you know God source, you know Mm -hmm. He She. But um, we still have to put forth the effort in order to receive. So once you've created your vision board and you know what you want to believe and you want to travel and you know have a million dollars, that's great. So how are you gonna get that million dollars? Yeah, well, yeah. Have to cut back on your spending. Maybe get a second job, maybe get a different job. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I mean even with people who, you know, talk about the manifestation and things like that. I mean, you can want it, but you have to do mm-hmm. something and even to put yourself in a position to make it happen. So Perfect example,
1: perfect example is dating. Let's just go back to dating. Okay. Because I have, I can't tell you how many clients I have that are like, I'm so ready to date, I'm so ready to date, I'm so ready to date. They've seen their therapist, they've done the work, they have an ideal man in mind, but they forgot one of the most pivotal pieces is the decluttering part. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they haven't made space. In the bedroom for this person. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really strange, but you have to make space. You have to make emotional space. You have to make physical space and Mm. spiritual space for this person to invite in. Because I truly believe that you welcome them in energetically. So in order to do that, you have to clear out the energy space, the physical space, and the spiritual space. And they look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what does your bedroom look like? well, I got boxes everywhere or clothes and all my drawers are filled. And it's like, well, why don't you clear out a drawer and make a space for him or her? Why don't you clear out a part in the closet for him or her? The, next, the nightstand next to whoever would be there, make it clear. Clear out that space.
0: And I agree. I also think that kind of helps the person, that person too, because you know that space is available. You know what I mean? But if it's all cluttered up, like you said, you're not even really thinking about filling it. It's filled.
1: It is. Yeah. Where's he going to sleep? Where's she going to sleep? Yes. Yeah. Or, wow. When you get there? Yes.
0: Hmm. Wow. On your blog. Well, we talked about that with the relationship. Uh How is it, how important is it for women in midlife um to Really start focusing on themselves, and is it too late? You know what I mean? how important we've talked about a lot of things here, and yes, to some people, that sounds good, but I'm okay. you know they might be saying, uh, I'm okay, but in reality it's it's okay for them to take themselves think of themselves first. like how important is that, and how important is it to become the person that you desire to be and is it too late? That's what I, I said all that to say.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's too late. I don't. Like I said, I've, I've I've got 60-some-year-old women I'm working with right now, and I'm seeing the growth. And it could be just as simple as maybe life is okay, but maybe you need a connection with your spirituality. Yes, it just can be something as simple as that. Like I'm feeling a little empty, a little lost. You know, kids are doing well in college. My, my relationship is well just feeling a little empty. well then we start digging and that usually kind of goes down to like what faith do you practice you really don't do it and you know spirituality and then connecting you know to joy and gratitude because that's where that emptiness comes from. It just be as simple as just being more grateful for what's in your life. We have the tendency to forget. We're so like close-minded that when we look at the greater picture you realize that God's kingdom is actually here. It's
0: here, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Lastly, emotional freedom. What is that? What does it mean to you?
1: Oh, oh, I've, oh my God. It's amazing. (laughs) I have gone through some hard stuff and you just, people read the book and you're going to like, wow, to be standing and to be put through like face on the pavement for 40 some years and it's all all for the very end part and that is forgiveness once i was able to get through that pain point which is behind your heart chakra and push past it and be able to truly forgive an unconditional love the people that have hurt me the most that is emotional that is emotional freedom that's that's just stuff that i think you know christ has taught um I've read some books on Mary Magdalene. That's just some of the stuff. I'm a theology major. So I always kind of go that route. Um, that was the ultimate message is just to get to that unconditional love spot. And when you can get to that, it feels really, really good. And that's that's the center of peace because it, we're all flawed. We all make mistakes. We're human. You know, we're going to say stuff that we don't mean. We're going to do things that we don't necessarily. In- intentional but if you can come from a place of understanding and forgiveness forgiveness is so important and detachment being able to love be with a partner from either a healthy attachment or a um, healthy detachment so we're not so clingy and needy and what happens to them is our problem
0: yeah yeah well, I have to say, this has been a very, very enlightening conversation, and it's been a joy really talking to you, Felicity. Um, if it. if somebody wants to get in touch with you, can you tell us how they can go about doing that?
1: Yeah, um, go to um, sheisyoumag.com obviously the www before that, and all my contact information is on there. You, you can have the links as well to um, becoming a member you become a member, you get the mag digital magazine for free, or you can subscribe and if you like print form there too. And then you get to join the community with all the other women. And this is it. This is, this is what we're doing. We are becoming midlife
0: warriors. Sounds great to me. And, um, I will be checking out. She is you. And again, thank you for visiting mature lore and for dropping wounds them and pearls on us. Um, and I look forward to us connecting in the future.
1: Yeah. I Same here. This has been really fun. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Mature Allure. For more information about us, visit MatureAllure.net and get social with us on Instagram and YouTube at Mature.Allure, Facebook at ForMatureAllure, and Twitter at Mature underscore Allure. Till next time, we encourage you to stay positive, Embrace who you are at every stage of your life and always tap into your mature allure.